views expressed on the Health on a Wind podcast is not a substitute for the medical advice of your licensed physician, nurse practitioner, or any other health professional whose care you are under. Consult with your healthcare professional about any matters relating to your health and health needs, and before beginning any new health program or implementing any health information discussed on this podcast or on whatismyhealth.com. To experience someone who spouts anti, anti-gay, it spouts you know, all sorts of these racist and prejudiced type conversation and beliefs. In some, some ways I get angry. In other ways I'm sad mm-hmm. because they don't, not willing to go out that, outside of that hallway. Yeah. You know, that, that narrow range and, and it perpetuates itself. I could be hopeful. Yeah. But I think, I think we're stuck. Unfortunately, you know, the, the political climate has reinforced it. All those fruits are, are, are being allowed to grow. Sure. I, I think it's I think it's hard I, I think about this a lot lately because as a new father, thinking about what how I'm gonna raise a child, how I'm gonna raise my children, like, you know what is it that I want to instill? And I know for a fact that I have beliefs that other people disagree with. And it, from that standpoint, if you really boil it down, we all just as human beings have, there are certain things that we believe in and certain things we aren't. I think there, there comes a point where you can, and again, I, I wouldn't tell anybody what they should or shouldn't believe. I have a hard time understanding perpetuating something that has such a hateful yes. and um, like a hateful message, a hateful feeling towards other people who are different um, and beliefs that are, not open-minded. Yeah, I mean the thing is, you know, it's there's one thing about having your own set of beliefs, which we all do. There's right, no question right. about it. But the inability to accept someone else's. Yeah, that's you know, what gets me the most. You know, when you say no, you cannot do this. Mm-hmm. No, you can't live in this particular part of town because you're different from us. Right. No, you know. Uh, you don't belong in this country because you're different from right. us. Right. Yeah. I don't. To me, that's where the line crosses. I agree. We can all have our beliefs, and we all do. We should, yeah. of course. Um, you know, I, I mean, personally, I'm not a. I, I like to think I'm, I'm a spiritual person, but I'm not a religious person. Mm-hmm. And so I have no problem. You know, my wife wants to go to church, kids want to go to church. That's absolutely great. Go. Yeah. No problem. You know, just I'm not going to say anything positive or negative about it. You want to do it, you go ahead and do it. You know, it's not for me. Right. Today. Tomorrow it may be. But, you know, so those kinds of things. It's just like let people be who yeah. they want to be. Yes, that's that's exactly how I feel. There are times I hear these things on the news about this so this group is trying to suppress this group. And I, I, I ask myself, is that really impacting them other than it's not what they believe? Yeah. Is it? What effect does it have directly on these people's lives? Right. And again, I haven't experienced enough to pass any kind of judgment on it. It just, I have a hard time wrapping my head around it when I hear things like that. Because if it's not, if somebody came into my backyard and was practicing something, that's one thing. If they're literally on my property, in my house, doing exactly. something that I would prefer them not to do, I'll ask them not to do it in my house. Exactly. But I'm not going to tell them they can't do it, do in, it their own, in their own, own house. Yeah. And yeah. again, there comes, you know, I don't. I wouldn't want to be harming other people. I feel like I take a lot of mental care to try and preserve other people's feelings. 
um, sometimes to a fault, but I, I think that you have to be sensitive, especially now. There's a lot of sensitivity that comes with just living in the world, and yeah. and then to to see the other side of that when there's there's lack of sensitivity and yeah. even worse, you know, oppression of other people. I I, can't, I don't understand. And honestly, you know, going back to health, actually, we can relate it back to. I think all of this in our society affects our health. Yes. In a lot of ways, because we're constantly under strain. Mm-hmm. We're constantly hearing, we're constantly listening to, we're watching, we're watching people abuse other people. We're, you know, and it just creates, it creates a, an internal stress, an internal uh, turmoil, you know. I mean, I so many people today who go, I don't even want to watch the news. Yeah, because I'm just, one of those people. Honestly, like, I am. It's like you know, this is just too much. There's yeah. too, there's too much tension. There's too much anger. There's too much negativity. And so you know, why put myself into that into that box? Yeah, when I don't. Have, I can step out of the box. I struggle with that because I want to be informed about what's going on in the world. I know that what's going on does affect me in some way. It might be distant. But at some point or another, the, the things that are going on are going to have a trickle-down impact on my life. And I feel like I should be informed about them. But at the same time, there's, like you said, there's so much negativity around it and there's so much tension that for me, I feel like if I if I really dove into it and tried to absorb it all, I would just feel tense the whole time. Yeah. I, I already feel tense between my anxiety, just like having OCD. Like I have enough tension right. <laughs> internally but on my own without having it's, to listen to all the turmoil on the news and all yeah, that stuff. So Yeah, I mean, I, I listen to some of what's going on and I, you know, I'm literally stand in front of the TV and I'm angry. Yeah. It's like, why is this? Why are you doing that? What's, what's the purpose? You know, it just doesn't make sense. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's, it does have an effect on us internally and yeah. eventually I think emotionally and physically, you know, there is an impact. Yeah. I, a hundred percent. I've had an aversion to politics for as long as I can remember. I was never interested and I don't envy politicians. I think that their jobs are difficult, <laughs> but I also think that there's a lot of questionable things that go on within it. And that's part of why I have no interest in it. But at the same time, I wonder from the standpoint of, I guess what you said about, like you see this law gets made and it, it, you wonder what is the purpose? What, what is it serving? And I wonder if I were in that type of position, would I handle it differently? And could I, could I make an impact? And I I think about these things sometimes. And and then I see, I I figure how stressful that must be. And I'd say, I don't have political aspirations. I don't know that I'd want to put myself or my family through that. But other times I think, and I wonder if it might be something worth looking into at some point. You know, I think I think what's happening here today, um, we see a lot of people who are thinking just like that, mm-hmm. who have decided, I'm going to do something locally. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to get involved because I don't like what's what's happening. Yeah. And so... I think what's happening is people are starting to, especially women, are starting to stand up. I mean, if you take a look at the midterm elections, mm-hmm. there is a ton of women who are running for election yeah. who would never have done it last year, two years ago, three years ago. But because of what they see and what's happening in society, they decide that it's time to take a stand. Yeah, and I'm going to try and make some changes if I can. And that's you know that's that's a great thing. I. 
You know, I've never had those aspirations, but I don't have the the energy to say, okay, I want to get up and join some group and try to make a policy change if I can. Yeah. You know? there's At a least lot not of, yet. No. <laughs> I feel like there's a lot of rigidity that comes with political structure, too. When everybody, you know, I know people are strict to a political party. I hate getting into politics. But basically, I think people get wrapped up in the, the label, the title of the party, as opposed to, yeah. well, what does this person actually stand for? What are, right. And what are they representing? And I try not to look at the parties. I try to pull up a comprehensive list of the issues and where these individuals stand on those issues. Literally, in the last election, what I did was I, I blocked out the names at the top, and I, think I found some resource that was about 72 different talking points, different issues that were going to be addressed in the election or whatever. And it gave a brief synopsis of whether the candidates were pro con. And it just, and I went column by column, row by row and totaled for each candidate, how many, how many of those policies I agreed with. I didn't care if it was Republican, Democrat, independent, whatever the case was. And I was surprised by the way, or I was surprised by the label that would have been associated with the policies that I agreed with. Mm. Well, there's no question about it. I, I think that's absolutely right. I, my guess is there's very little, um, if they don't have a party, they're one issue. Mm. There's a lot of one issue. Yes. Voters. Yep. There's a friend of mine we were talking about it the other day, and He's a one-issue guy. Mm -hmm. This one issue is really important to him, and so he votes. Yeah, he, he votes for that party every time. I think it's easy to lose sight of the big picture if yeah. there's something that is that important to you. But I think it's it's not fair to our society no. to just be focused so intently on one thing in particular. I think there's so much going on yeah. that we have to consider the bigger picture and, and how it's going to affect exactly. everybody. <laughs> Parties are, you know, multi-issue organizations. They're not, you know, they stand for a lot of different things. And so you have to, at least for me, I have to, I have to see if, okay, fine, you know, this is this is an important issue to me. But what's happening on this other side? What do you? What's your position on taxes? What's your position on trade? What's your position on on foreign policy? On mm -hmm. you know. It's just all these different things that come into play yeah. that have to be addressed. I like the way you describe what you were doing, mm -hmm. just hiding the names and going down through. Yeah, because I, I, I've, seen, I've seen so many people have arguments about their candidate of choice strictly based on, oh, well, that they'll use, they'll use the, the title of the party almost as a derogatory name, like a slur almost. I, I don't see the sense in that personally. It's there are issues yeah. that I agree with. There are issues that I disagree with that, that people support or don't support. And the thing is too, if you have five people in a room and you say, what does everybody want for dinner? The, the chances of all five of them saying, Oh yeah, I want the same, like I want spaghetti pizza or yeah. Yeah. To get five people to agree on a basic meal is hard enough to get exactly. millions of people in the country to agree. It's never going to happen. So there has to be, I think some kind of middle ground, and there has to also be an open-mindedness about it where I know that my issues are, are going to be opposed. The things I believe in are not going to be what the other several million, hundreds of millions of people in the country feel. But we have to be more accepting of it and understanding that 
there are going to be differences. It would be nice if we can be. That's, know, maybe that's too idealistic. I don't know. But you know, here in California, it's been interesting. Up until up until about a year ago, if you signed up to be independent, your only choice was to. You, there was no. I just want to be independent. There was no box for that. Mm-hmm. You had to join some party. So yeah. most people who signed up to be independent actually were joining the American Independent Party, which is a small, you know, party in itself. So one said American Independent Party. So I was like, oh, okay, yeah, maybe I'll do that. But then when I looked into it, I realized, oh, wait a minute, that's a party. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no party. Is now, California party. has yeah. recently changed a lot, but yeah. up until just about a year ago. Very strange. Very yeah. strange. To move off of politics, yeah. but take some of that because I think there's some of the, conceptually there's things that can apply to other things, many things outside of politics. You can easily, you know, take that concept and apply it to how people approach health. There's these things that I agree with, whether it's nutrition or exercise regimens. There are things that I agree with. There are things that I don't agree with, and I'm going to do what I feel is best for me. I'm not going to tell anybody just because I'm not doing this or I am yeah. doing this that, you know. And I think you have to understand, which is which is absolutely true, is that you will keep evolving. Yeah. Your ideas about that will change. Oh, sure. You know, as, this, as the medical community provides more information, as we discover more about health and mm-hmm. medicines and techniques and different things, you know. And so I, I know for me it's been a, just a constant evolution and change. Yeah. Of, what I'm aware of, what I'm learning about eating, about physical fitness, about stretching, or there's a, as more information becomes available, it's like, oh, okay, this makes sense. This sounds like this is useful. I remember recently, not recently, maybe about five years ago, there was a series of studies about nuts. I was like, oh, this is interesting. And I never particularly ate nuts. I was like, oh. And so there's serious studies about the health benefits of eating nuts on a regular basis. And I went, okay, I'll give that a try. And, you know, so, and to me, I, as the more I read about that, the more I understood about the health benefits of, of nuts of all sorts, I was like, oh, yeah, this is something I can incorporate yeah. into my lifestyle. Mm-hmm. You know, unfortunately, sometimes I do it to excess, but, right. you know, but it is, it is part of my, lifestyle, mm-hmm. you know, life choices in terms of eating, snacking, and things of that nature. I like that you brought up the word lifestyle because I think, drawing back to what I was saying before about diet, I think the way you eat is part of your lifestyle. And mm-hmm. that is, to me, more so the diet than diet A or diet XYZ. Right. I think a lot of the things that you and I have connected on, there's a lot of curiosity that we both seem to have. I, like You seem to be somebody who absorbs and is curious about all this information. You seem to just be drawn to learning new things all the time. And I kind of, I think that's probably why we get along so well. But I remember we had spoken a while back about taking courses. And I mean, you've talked, you've talked about learning to meditate. You've talked about all these different things. But I also know that from an educational standpoint, you are big into taking courses just for the sake of learning something. Yes. yes. So what do you what do you have now? I know what was it edX.com or Yes, there are two two organizations. One is called Coursera. Coursera, Coursera okay. and then there's edX, yes. Mm-hmm. And they both offer a whole variety of courses in a magnitude of different subjects. 
usually from various universities, anywhere from Yale, Columbia, to some foreign universities. Mm-hmm. The classes are either extremely cheap or mm-hmm. free. Right. By extremely cheap, I mean like $40. You could take a class. Yeah. You could take a class from a professor from Yale. Right. You know, I mean, it's just amazing. Which is, that's mind-blowing. It's mind-blowing. <laughs> yeah. And once I started, my first big step was a history class. Mm-hmm. And it was called uh, Modern History from 1750. It's taught by a professor who's still there, actually, at the University of Virginia. And he was on the negotiating team and negotiated the reunification of East and West Germany, Germany. With, with the Russians. Wow. So he was, he was part of that. So he's got an amazing perspective on, on world history. Mm-hmm. So he taught this class. It was 16 weeks long. That was the first class I took. I went, well, let me try this. I've always been interested in history. And it was phenomenal. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just fell in love with it. And so that drew me to, okay, well, there's some really good stuff here. Yeah. And so I've taken a class on constitutional law, took a class on classical music. I took a class on um, modern art, mm-hmm. on abstract painters from the Museum of Modern Art in New York. And then there was an abstract art class. Then there was another one called Fashion as Design, Clothing Fashion as design. And so it looked at clothing in the sense of how clothing is designed and what what that means to how people wear it and why they wear it. And it was just so interesting. And I remember one one section had to do with motorcycle jackets. Okay. And into the origin of motorcycle jackets and why they were designed the way they were designed and who were the who were the original designers and what's happening today with motorcycle jackets. And, it was just like, my God, this is fascinating stuff. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, uh, it's just this whole variety of interesting stuff. I was like, look at this opportunity to to learn and to it, it be exposed to all sorts of new things. Mm-hmm. I mean, I you're right. As you said earlier, I'm just curious. Yeah. No, I, I've always been curious. And, you know, a lot of times in my life I didn't have the time to explore. Mm-hmm. But... Now I do, and it's just, it's fascinating. And it's so easy. I mean, it's available at a low cost on the internet. And it's and it's well-designed courses taught by excellent professors. You know, I took a class, three classes on the Civil War, taught by one of the top Civil War experts in the country. I was like, my goodness gracious, what an opportunity. There are so many things that I hear about or you know, hear people having conversations about even where I want to have something to contribute, but I don't know anything about what the topic is. And I, I personally don't like feeling uh, like I, 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 I like feeling like I have something to contribute if the opportunity presents itself. You know, I, I want to know things just for the just for the sake of knowing them, just so I could speak about them somewhat intelligently. So I want to learn more about all these different kinds of things. And like you said, the time is a factor. Time is a factor. Yeah. There's no question about it. There's no question about it. Uh, but, but the other piece about this continual, you know, you know to me it's continual learning. Mm-hmm. It's always being curious, trying to explore new, you know, something that looks interesting to you and something that, that oh, yeah, this would be interesting to learn about. It all, to me, it all comes back to 
being healthy. You know, I mean, this to me is mental health because mm-hmm. it keeps my mind active. It keeps it keeps me interested in the world, mm-hmm. uh, and and so while the gym is the physical part, you know, which also affects the mental part. There's no question about sure. it. But the, but the continual learning and exploring is is just you know to me is uh, makes for a complete day. Sure. Makes for a complete feeling about life. It's like okay, I've done my physical piece. I've done my mental piece. I feel good about myself. Yeah. It's funny you, you mentioned that it falls under the mental, and I think you're right. It does. It is largely mental. When I think of learning and taking these courses, yes, I know there's a mental component. Um, if your view on health is accepting of the eight dimensions, which are physical, mental, intellectual, spiritual, occupational, social, environmental, and financial. Oh. So those are the eight dimensions, and if you and I, I, since I learned about, it, I, I only learned about this four or five years ago when I was in grad school in the health program that I took. But that was the first I had heard of the eight dimensions, and now I kind of start. I started to look at things as what category does this fall uh, into? So when I think of learning, I think of it as intellectual, intellectual. Health, but I also realize that it it engages your mind. So it's to say it's not mental health is I don't feel would be completely right. I think there is an overlap with a lot of these things. Yeah. And I think physical and mental are the two easiest ways to go, but occupational, you know, occupational health, financial health plays into simply from a stress standpoint. Yes. They play into your body and your mind. So totally, totally the impact. Yeah. The impact can be one of continual stress. Yes. Uh, and worry or one of relative ease yeah it's like yeah okay i'm not rich but i'm not poor either right or or i'm i'm poor and i'm struggling constantly right constantly make the rent i can't you know my child can't pay for this we want this you know that can be detrimental to oneself yeah because the internal stress is constantly there Mm -hmm. and it affects it affects the ability to live in a certain area and, yes. the, and your, your surrounding environment yes. has a, a significant impact on big impact. The more I dive into the health stuff and as I've continued developing, what is my health? I feel like I've, I've gotten more of an appreciation for just how connected things are. And the, I mean, the, the first analogy I ever made with it was my weight gain. Um, when I started gaining back weight, it was, easy to say, well, it's because I've eaten too much or I'm not eating the right kinds of things. And that's the conclusion a lot of people might draw, but I wanted to, I was curious about it and I wanted to look further into it and say, well, why, why was I eating so much? It's because I was stressed. And and because of that stress, I tried to trace it back even further. What was I stressed about? And it turned out it was, it was about work. It was about finances. It was about at the time, my relationships. I was single and not enjoying being single. I wanted to have a you know a healthy relationship, and my stress about all these different things caused me to eat. So, if you look at it from the standpoint of my occupation impacting my stress level, which impacted how much I ate, which then resulted in the weight gain. It wasn't just this is physical health. This is mental health. It's okay. There's the occupational piece. There's yeah. You know, uh, so that's that's the the basic analogy I would make, and the idea that you could go to a doctor and 
I, I did go to a doctor actually and said, I, I've been gaining weight. And he said, well, you should probably eat better and you should exercise more. And I said, well, I know, I know that. Like, uh, and I, I came up with this concept that I don't think it would have been the craziest thing for him to have said, well, let's get you to a career counselor. Mm-hmm. If my eating was result, the result of the stress of my job, I don't think it would be the craziest thing for a doctor to talk to a patient in that way and say, well, what's, yeah, yes, you should eat better. You should exercise more maybe, but what else is going on as a whole person for you that's causing this, these symptoms? I think you're seeing it more now where there's the more holistic approach that some of the, these, that's probably uh, true. But traditionally, I think a lot of doctors, at least in the past, would not have said, well, let's get you to a career counselor. Yeah, you know, I think you're absolutely right, and that would be ideal. But what's happening today with, with primary care anyway, and maybe not so much with specialty care, but with primary care is, you know, there's, there's a lot of merging going on. And these organizations, these primary care organizations are getting bigger and bigger. Mm-hmm. And as a result, they get more corporate-like which means you you as a doctor, you have 10 minutes in that room. Yeah. I've so they that don't before. have time to spend, you know. You're lucky if you can find a doctor who is willing to spend 15 or 20 minutes with you mm-hmm. and just talk about you Yeah, and what's going on. And, you know, that's very, very unusual. And so the opportunity for the medical practitioner to guide you in that direction I think is going to get, you know, less and less. I feel that people are becoming more aware that there are more than just, you know, their well-being is more than just fitness and and, and nutrition. It's interesting to see that that like as people are expanding their awareness and their concept of well-being, that from a structural standpoint within the, the healthcare system or the, you know, you said primary care that it's becoming more narrow. And I think people are, people Processing. are starting to spend more time thinking about what's affecting them. Yes. I see that at the same time, like you and I both said, when you were younger, you didn't have time to pursue, like, especially the, the academic courses. And now you, you know, you, you started to take right. things more recently. And for me, there's a lot of stuff that I, feel like I don't have the time to do either. So my thought about it has grown. My my time to practice it, I feel, is very limited. I don't particularly like it. I think it's cause for concern that, you know, if, we, if we're not able to give ourselves enough time to take care of ourselves and doctors aren't, aren't able to give enough time to take care of us, what's going to happen? Well, you know... There is there's something that's always been curious to me, speaking along the same lines. Going back at the corporate kind of thinking and corporate kind of approaches to to health and to and to employee well being. If if corporations ever think about employee well being. Today there's more of that. It's, we, it's, it's getting better. It's getting yeah. better, but you know, there's it's still a long way to go mm-hmm. for the most part. Most employees go to work in a corporate structure and all the structure cares about is get your job done. Yeah. What happens to you outside your life is your own problem. Yeah. Continue on to hear part four of this episode.